Welcome back to another episode of the Inner League, episode 46. I'm Chris. As always, Spags. This week we talk about opening weekend, the Cardinals, the Yankees, your typical lineups. Here we go. We are one day late, but that's fine because our content is that much better today. <laughs> it is. That much better. It's a whole 24 hours richer. It is. And it's some shining moments today for both of our teams, you know? So yeah, we've had, uh, no we had a lot of breathe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it actually works out. So it's typically we record Monday. Now, granted, we typically record later Monday, so the Monday games would have been done had we recorded last night like usual. Um, yeah, but yeah. Work, work called, so I had to uh, handle some stuff, so we had to push it back yeah. to tonight. And when the bat phone comes on, then... <laughs> yeah, gotta gotta, gotta keep the bills on. Gotta be there. Yeah, gotta pay the bills. Um, but yeah, so it so far, I guess like. If you, if you want to call it like week two or the first full week of baseball, uh-huh. um, it's going much better for our guys than uh, what I would say opening weekend went. Um, yeah. But it was uh, it was very interesting with the way opening weekend played out, in my opinion at least, um, given what we talked about, like how we wrapped up last week's episode where we were talking about like what our expectations were, what we thought they kind of needed to do to handle business. Um, and I, I think we both pretty much agreed like Cardinals probably should have, you know, should have been able to take two out of three from Cincinnati. Yankees likely needed to take two out of three from Toronto. Um, one of the distinct advantages the Cardinals had was they were on the road. So if you're going to lose a series on the roads, the preferred way to do it. Um, but in addition to that, we talked about, like, it really depended on how they lost as to whether or not it was worrisome. Um, so, like, the Yankees, for example, they lost two out of three to Toronto. But if you would have told me that five games in to the – like, so, you know, not – I guess not quite one trip through the rotation because Tyon hasn't pitched yet. Uh, Cole pitched it, you know, made his second start tonight. But so through the first five games, the Yankees have not let up more than three runs. Um, If they continue that trend, that offense is going to win them a lot of baseball games. Um, So the fact that like the offense struggled out of the gate a little bit, some strong pitching performances from Toronto's bullpen. Um, You know, uh, game one, Yankees lost some extras. Game two, it was like two bad pitches that Herman made that he let up two home runs and the Yankees offense just never really got going, but you lose three to two, you lose three to one. They won the second game five to three. Um, and then they've taken the first two games against Baltimore with scoring seven runs a game. Yeah. So, you got to crush Baltimore. Yeah. It's like if the, if the same offense had shown up against Toronto, that's been present against um, Baltimore, then I, I feel pretty confident that like those pitching performances equate to a sweep versus, you know, losing two out of three. Um, but like judge wasn't really doing anything. Um, Stanton didn't have any hits in the series. Um, Hicks was struggling pretty hardcore, struck out a bunch. 
Um, Bruce didn't really have anything going for him. It was like Lemayhew would get hits when no one was on base. Uh, Frazier would get the occasional hit. Uh, Sanchez had a couple big home runs. But it, there, there just wasn't. They weren't very consistent. So it was like, all right, you know. But now, like Stanton hit the grand slam yesterday. Judge hit a big three-run home run tonight. So they're just at a point where like the offense is clicking on more cylinders, and I think that like that easily can be built on that like what the big concern was. Like everyone knew the Yankees' offense was going to be good. It was going to come around. It would be there. Um, so what would the pitching look like? And so far, it has very much been up to the task. Yep. Like I said, it's only been you know one start for Kluber, one start for Montgomery. Um, Herman struggled to find location. I think he was maybe a little hyped up, like he was overthrowing a little bit. So high pitch count, plus he made two mistakes just up in the zone. Um, and Grichik and Vlad Guerrero made him pay. So... I'm I'm not gonna be mad about it. Um, bullpen's been pretty good. Uh, one of the younger guys that's not gonna see a ton of innings gave up a couple runs late in the ninth tonight. Um, gave up a home run after a bang bang play at first. I thought they got him out, but they reviewed it, called him safe, whatever. Seven to two, seven to nothing, same same. Oh, that was a reverse call. Uh, it, no, they called him safe on the on the. Like they called him safe live, and then they yeah. reviewed it, and they said that he was still safe. Um, oh, okay. I and it was definitely really close. It, it probably could have gone either way, but obviously I have a biased opinion. He um, looked pretty. <laughs> so, I I think that that should have just ended. But either way, you know, and then he gave up a, a home run, and it was a Yankee Stadium home run. Like it wasn't a deep bomb or anything like that. It went a couple rows out in the right field. Um. So and a lot of other ballpark is just to fly out. No harm, no foul, but looked, looked good. Um, like I said, guys are, are finally starting to kind of turn it around. Um, I don't know if there's a way to like, I don't think I can look at where things were prior to two games ago, but either way, like it, it didn't look great. I think like, Stanton, like his first hit, like like I said, he got his first hit yesterday. Um, I think he had two hits tonight. Um, so he went from like batting zero through the Toronto series to now he's like almost batting 200, which isn't great by any means, but certainly going in the right direction. Um, Judge, who struggled a huge deal in springs, batting 364, he already has two home runs. I think he only hit one home run in all of spring. Yeah. Um, Sanchez. Batting 200 with two home runs. Bruce batting 200 with a home run. Um, so I think like that's what you kind of expect from those guys. Uh, Bruce has made some great plays at first base on defense. Um, Sanchez sat for the first time tonight uh, to get Higashioka in there to catch for uh, Cole. Um, and he almost hits a bomb. He almost hits one. Yeah, almost hits a like, bomb. Hey, hit off the wall. Yeah, and left. Hey, if I need playing time, I got to hit home runs apparently. So, <laughs> sure. you know. Yeah, but, I mean, Gardner's batting 333, granted limited exposure. Like, he's coming in defensive situations in a couple games, but um, only six at-bats, but batting 333. Uh, Frazier's batting over 300. Um, LeMahieu's batting in the 260s. That'll probably continue to get better. Uh, Torres is batting 250. Urshel is batting in the 200s. So, 
guys are starting to heat up. There are a couple guys putting together multi-hit games. Um, yes. It's, it's really just Hicks is the only guy that's still got to seemingly try to figure it out. Um, and he he's he's probably the only one that's looked bad at the plate. Um, there's been some situations, like I know I brought it up with like Frazier tonight, struck out on three pitches and an 0-2 fastball is just right down the plate and he stared at it. Um, so maybe like they're they're pressing a little too much. Maybe they're guessing a little too much. Um, but Hicks, like 15 at-bats, seven strikeouts. So 18 plate appearances, seven strikeouts. So almost half of your plate appearances are strikeouts, and he's been batting in the three-hole. Um, so I definitely feel like he's pressing a little bit. Um, I don't know if that will fall to, to Voight when he's healthy, because um, they probably don't want to have Judge, Voight, Stanton, and the two, three, four holes all being right-handed. Um, like Hicks allows you to break that up a little bit with a lefty. Um, but, but we'll see Gardner batted in the three hole tonight. So I guess just whoever can bat left-handed, they'll throw into that slot and figure it out. I mean, Gardner been hitting the ball a little bit and Hicks obviously is not. So kind of play that hand right there. You're playing Baltimore. You played well last night. Like it's a, it's a decent spot to, you know, switch up your lineup a little bit, at least on a team that you should probably beat. Um, but just, you know, give it a fresh up. Pretty decent yeah, play. A little I mean, surprising because you wondered if Brett Gardner would even sign back when he's, you know, all of a sudden bat and clean up for your team. But yeah. Yeah. we win games. It's all yeah, and then, then, like I said, like the from a pitching perspective, um, Cole made his second start tonight. He's already got 12 innings pitched, 21 strikeouts. Oh, yeah. Um, just giving up two runs. Um, one on a solo home run. It might even have been a two-run shot in his first game. I forget. Um, I think it was a solo shot. I have to look at my text message. Yeah. But I uh, thought it was, oh, there's the solo shot. Yeah, something like that. Um, Montgomery looked phenomenal in his one start. Uh, that was yesterday against Baltimore. Six innings, seven Ks, no walks, four hits allowed. Yeah. Um, Michael King pitched six innings in relief of uh, Domingo Herman being, you know, getting pulled early. So just a huge outing. He didn't let up any additional runs. Um, so, like, he's a, a starter option. Um, like, he was kind of there as, like, a long relief for situations like that. He got option to the alternate site following the game because he probably was going to be out of commission for a little bit because he basically started, you know, pitching six innings. Um, but just in a, in a day that, like, Herman didn't have it, struggled to get through three innings. It could have been super taxing on the bullpen and King came in and was just a stud. Um, Yankees, you know, couldn't get anything going offensively and they lost three to one, but big pitching, like big time pitching performance. Um, Kluber looked, you know, looked all right. Um, I guess he, he kind of bent, but didn't break. Um, he only went four innings, and the big thing was, like, he walked three guys. Um, and it was really, like, an issue with, like, closing guys out. Like, he would get ahead in the count. And then it, it honestly reminded me of, like, watching J.A. Happ pitch last year, um, but with better results. Like, whereas, like, Happ would, you know, get himself into trouble, and then he'd, he'd give up a three-run home run. You know, like, Kluber, like, just would get out of it. 
Um, he only gave up one earned run, uh, and it was on a home run. Uh, but, like, the three walks, I think, were, like, the big thing that killed him. Um, and then the other bullpen guys have been fine. Like, Nelson's pitched an inning, um, struck out three guys. Chapman's pitched one inning, struck out three guys. O'Day's made it into a couple games. The Wiseguys made it into, you know, made it into a couple games. Uh, so it's, uh, I think it's kind of going as expected. Um, just the offense wasn't there for the opening series and they dropped two out of three because of it. But if they continue, you know, if they, they can, if they continue on like the current course, you know, hundred wins seems extremely reasonable. So what game did uh Kluber play in? Uh, he pitched game two. I swear I just looked at the box score. Yeah. Yeah. It was Cole, oh, Kluber, yeah. Herman, and yeah. then Montgomery and then Cole. And I think Tyon is pitching tomorrow. Yeah. So I, the four innings out of Kluber against a team like Toronto, I mean, you got to be somewhat happy about that guy coming off, um, really not pitching. Uh, it's a pretty good hitting team early on in the year. So you can't really be too, too mad at that, really. And yeah, you can't, like you said, bend, not break, which is a, at least a good sign for a guy that, you know, you know has it. You just got to get back to it. Right. Um, and yeah, like, like you said, like it's, I think he's now pitched more innings than he did over the course of the last two seasons. Yeah. You know, like 2019-2020 combined, he has now pitched more innings um, in 2021. Um, so like I said, it's like five hits, three walks. Uh, he hit a he hit a batter. Um, I think that there was an error on the on um, the answer where I think Sanchez on like a throwing error on a like a on a stolen base maybe or something like that. He like threw the ball into the outfield. Um, so wasn't the cleanest game, you know, whip of a two is terrible, but yeah, I think that there, there are things that can be corrected and it was a positive outing. Um, if Tyon can kind of go the same route, the guys have been, um, Chad green's already pitched in three games out of the bullpen Hasn't given up a run through four innings. Um, just very efficient. <clears throat> uh, I think he's only given up like one hit. But uh, yeah, just all all around it is it is very promising. It's where I would expect them to be, um, but I would have preferred them to be like four and one at this point versus three and two. Um, and really, the the big thing is. Um, um, the Cole outing kind of getting away from him a little bit. Um, there was, and it wasn't even so much that like it got away from him because it, and it was a solo shot because Teoscar Hernandez hit it off of him. Um, so there were plenty of opportunities, I think, in like, I don't it maybe it was like the third or fourth inning, and I know like the seventh inning, Judge was up with the bases loaded and one out, and he hit into a double play. Um, I think LeMay, who had a couple shots with runners in scoring position and didn't do anything. Um, so the offense had a chance to have like that, that big breakout inning. Um, and the, the big hit just never came in really any of those games. Um, whereas 
you know, in last night's game, Stanton hit the grand slam that opened things up tonight. Uh, um, Judge hit the three-run home run to make it a seven-run lead. That it, it just like you know puts it out of reach essentially, um, and they lack that against against the Toronto game in the Toronto games. Jesus, against the Toronto games, uh, they lack that there. So we'll uh, we'll see. Um, and then the other the only other thing I would say of note that I've really been a fan of so far because we talked about it a lot with the Cardinals is that teams don't run enough. Um, but Mike Talkman has made it into two games. Um, I believe he has uh, pinch ran once. And then I think he like reached on an error or something like that. I forget. But either way, he, he's been in two games and he has two stolen bases. Um, and he doesn't have a hit, doesn't have a walk. So like he's just like when he's had an opportunity, he's kind of had the green light. And he's been successful in doing it. And I think that that is very underrated in today's game currently. Yeah, I think the Cardinals, We, I think Tyler O'Neill got caught and then Edmund stole a base tonight. And I think Edmund might have swiped two. Do we have two stolen bases tonight or just that one? <laughs> That's a great question. But, um, but, yeah, no. Obviously, yeah, running. You got to – you got to yeah, run. Looks... You got to be able to manufacture runs. You got to put guys in, you know, if you're only hitting singles, you got to get a guy in runner and scoring position. Um, or, or uh, you just tie the game, wait until extras, and then you get to freebie put a guy on second base. Either way. Very true. Either way. Um, yeah. And, and to that point too, like I said, the Yankees lost their first game in extra innings. And it was mainly because a leadoff double scored a run. <laughs> um, yeah. whereas under normal circumstances for baseball where there wasn't this dumb ghost runner on second nonsense, yeah. it just would have been a leadoff double and then yeah. he would have gotten out of the inning and it would have been fine. We just, I love how that's, I love how that's what carries over from last year and yeah, not, the not the universal DH. <laughs> yeah, not the DH. What, what I say going into tonight's games, yeah. um, pitchers were batting 117 collectively. Yeah. Yeah, Jacob DeGrom would like to talk to you about, you know, your hatred of pitchers. Sure, I will let him know. I'll look him right in the face and be like, bro, you suck. Yeah, well, poor now, poor Jacob DeGrom doesn't really suck. He just needs to get on a different team that, like, scores runs and wins games. Yeah, he would look real good in pinstripes. Dude, uh, I think his career ERA is like a two and – or something dumb, and he's like, he has like a losing, or definitely has lost way more games than he should have, like 36 games to like 46 games or something stupid. Like, his ERA should have him. Yeah, I think, what was dominating it? Dominating people. Yeah, let and, me see if I can, if the Mets have it on here. Maybe they won't, because it was yesterday's game. But I, I want to say I think it was like the 31st time um that uh the bullpen's like blown a lead for him mm-hmm. yeah. something like that yeah I um, think and that's i don't right. i don't know i don't know over if that's like his entire career or like the last two seasons <laughs> i don't know it feels like a lot like it feels like that a lot um yeah, but, uh, if, yeah. If and when, especially if we'll see how uh, the Mets 
kind of contend, but yeah, poor Jacob DeGrom really just doing everything he can on a team and they suck. What you going to do? I can tell you what I'm real tired of is Lucas Giolito being terrible against crappy offenses. Um, Getting hit around by Seattle. Well, uh, are you watching the Tampa Bay game? They're in the bottom of the 11th now, so each team has scored a run run in extras. As soon as my, as soon as the fantasy uh, implications were done with, I turned it off. Now I just, now I hope that they have to play 800 innings and their teams are both dead tired moving forward because I don't like either one of them. So I also hope that happens because I got Yarbrough pitching tomorrow night against Boston. So you know, let them all tire themselves out. Yeah, I, nice I guess. Yeah, I guess if I if I were to look at anything, I'm pretty sure Boston still hasn't won a game. Oh no, they won yesterday. I guess they beat Tampa Bay yesterday. Yeah. So yeah, oh yeah, JD Martinez. JD Martinez put up like 30 fantasy points yesterday. I think alone. Yeah, then I guess I don't. Then I don't really care. I was gonna say if I, if Boston still hadn't won a game, then I would just root for them to continue to not win a game. But I ultimately just don't care at this point. They can play till their they hearts content. Um, did he catch that? Maybe I don't know. Sorry, San Francisco San Diego game. Looks like it was out. Did he even go up the wall? He's going up. Oh, yeah, he went up the wall. Um, no, 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 no. He just got there at the wall. Dude, they got a Rocket League sign in the back of the stadium. Oh, snap. Oh, dude. Is this Padres? Oh, it's Petco Park? Yeah. Petco Park's rocking Rocket League in the outfield? All right. So, so yeah. Um, oh, yeah, that's right. It is Jameson Tyon versus John Means tomorrow. Uh, both of my pitchers in fantasy. Ooh. That's right. So you're looking for a nice low scoring affair. Maybe DJ gets the uh, home run to win the game or like, you know, the two run bomb or something. Yeah. So you get a couple points there. Your pitchers get a bunch of points. Yeah. My hope would be that um, John means pitches eight scoreless innings. Jameson Tyon pitches a complete game shutout and DJ LeMahieu hits a walk off home run in the bottom of the ninth. That's what yeah. I would hope for. That would be the yeah. ideal scenario. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Julio after, gave up after another run, after Means is out of the game, yeah, but he still put up stellar points. Um, he he is very good. I think he like I think John Means is a very underrated pitcher, mainly because when you think of Baltimore, you don't think of ace pitchers. Yeah. Um, but at one hundred percent, what he is there, um, and his first outing, um, it was who did they play Boston. Yeah. Um, he, he looked pretty dominant, like seven innings, six or five K's picked the guy off. Um, Baltimore won in very convincing fashion and it was against like Nate Evaldi. So it wasn't like it, it was one of their no name guys that are just filling out a rotation right now. Um, so we'll see. Uh, I like, I, I got introduced to him last year cause he pitched against the Yankees a handful of times and he pitched very well against them. Yeah. Um, so we'll we'll see how it goes. Hopefully, Tyon's us up to the task. Dude, you can't you can't go by that analogy because, like we've said numerous times, even though I think we've proved ourselves kind of wrong, um, at least over the past couple of years, uh, that Baltimore just plays 
you know, the Yankees better. Apparently, but we beat them all the time. Like yeah, the, hey, the hey. Yankees, the Yankees won their 12th straight game at Yankee Stadium against Baltimore tonight. Oh, they just <laughs> had the Fernando Tatis injury. Um, yeah, so we'll uh, so we'll see. Um, could be could be a, a a fun game tomorrow. Hopefully, it's just low scoring, whichever way it goes. Yep. You know, and uh, what, I'll, what I'll hope for, I guess. So far, very typical. If Chris watches Yankees games, blowouts. Um, if Chris walks away from Yankees games, they load the bases up. You know, start to bend a little bit. So, well, Alex will be depending on me yet again all year. Yeah, probably. You'll have me once every five games at least. You know, for sure. That's very true. Yeah. Yep. I'll be um, very invested in all of Cole starts. Don't worry. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so after, other than that, um, what they have. So I know they're off Thursday, and then I think they have Tampa Bay this weekend. Tampa Bay, then Toronto, then Tampa Bay again. It's yeah. So it's gonna be a it's gonna be a good week of seeing where this season, where the series of Baltimore is. Like the heat up, they got nice and warmed up. It's gonna be a I think pretty good week for your guys yeah so hopefully they don't go to you know covid infested florida and you know do some dumb oh. shit and that's not like they're playing washington or something it's true um but yeah so hopefully they just you know don't i mean um it's the raise home opener on friday <laughs> so it'll be it should be should be a fun series uh obviously first matchup since the al alds last year that went five games um, so have that to look forward to. Uh, Glass now pitched tonight, but I think he is slated to pitch again on Sunday. One, two, three. Yeah, that would be four days rest. Um, so I believe Sunday should be Cole versus Glass now. So should be should be very fun. And for some reason, it's not the Sunday night game, but whatever. What is the Sunday night game? It's probably the White Sox. <laughs> yeah, dude, probably the White Sox. Let's get real, dude. Um, it's the free what? game. It's the Sunday night game. Well, if it's the Sunday night game, it can't be the free game. Uh, it is. Cause... It is Philadelphia versus Atlanta. That's right. Ugh. Yeah, Philly versus Atlanta. We were talking about that earlier because of... even though I'll be watching that game, bro. yeah, maybe Atlanta will have a win by then. I think they're the only team without a win so far. Hey, well. Curse even of Curse, I, dra- I drafted other players. So yeah, even Washington, who only played their first game today, has a win. It has a win. Yeah, they get Atlanta gets two chances at it tomorrow. So <laughs> true. Well, they but they get less innings, so they got to win them quicker. You know, well, they got less I, I want to say, I want to say, if the game today would have only went seven innings, they would have won. They would have won, yeah, 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 for sure. Because I think they blew it pretty late against Washington. Yeah, I wouldn't have lost as many fantasy points today if the game did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it was the – yeah, it, it would have been – well, no, I guess it would have been four to four. Or no, no, Atlanta took the lead in the top of the seventh, so they would have won five to four, and then they let up a run in the eighth and a run in the ninth, and they lost six to five. Um, but, yeah, poor guys. 
Um, so other than that, on the Yankees front, um, making some moves to try to better the the lineup, which I'm not not mad about. I still haven't really looked to see who they gave up. So they made two moves. Two prospects. One, yeah, one has been pretty much confirmed, where they picked up Runetta Door from the Rangers. Um, yeah, and it looks like two minor league outfielders. Um, mm-hmm. And we, we had talked about this before, kind of because, so uh, you broke it down for me. Um, Odor's under contract for 2021, 2022, and then there's a club option um, with a $3 million buyout for 2024. Uh, he's owed $12 million this year, $12 million next year. So if they have him this year, next year, and then they just decline his option, it would be $27 million. Texas is covering that $27 million. So basically... New York gets them for free. Um, and the reason why the deal worked out that way is they had designated them for assignment. So if they don't find a trade partner, which would have been relatively rough to do, then he just would have declared free agency because of how long he's been in the league. The, the Rangers were still going to pay him his money regardless, um, but they got nothing for him. So in this case, the Yankees were just like, well, hey, here's two you know lottery tickets that one of these guys might have equate to something and if you don't take this deal you aren't going to get anything for him you know so here you go here's something and something's better than nothing so texas was like we're going to pay him regardless so sure why not so that's kind of how that deal came about now if odor ends up doing decent and the yankees were to pick up that option um i think you said it was like a 13 million dollar uh, thirteen million, yeah, thirteen million dollar club option. Okay, so then, so essentially, the Yankees then would pay him ten million for that final year because three million would still be covered by the Rangers. So if he ends up being worth it, but um, he primarily plays second base. Uh, when the deal happened, um, I had made the comment that Bruce had been struggling at the plate a little bit. Doesn't naturally play first base. Lemayhew showed to be a very adept um, defensive first baseman. Um, just over the course of the last two years with New York. So I was like, cool, like they can just slot Odor in at second, shift LeMayhew to first, and not a problem. Um, I think Odor is either a lefty or he's a switch hitter. Um, I know he at least can bat from the left side of the plate. Um, yeah, it looks like he's just a lefty. So it does add like another lefty option. So if Bruce were to be removed from the lineup, that would still be the case. Um, but Bruce is going to be more of like ideally a middle of the order kind of guy, like a five, six type hitter. Um, whereas Odor would slate more at the bottom. Um, and then really once Luke Voigt comes back and it's healthy, which will be probably sometime in May, none of this factors in anyway. And then Odor is just a depth piece. Um, and Bruce would be the same way. So Odor would give you more flexibility across the infield at like second and third. Um, but really, it'd probably just be second base, and you'd shift LeMahieu around because he can play first, second, and third. And then Bruce, he would have it like first, and he could probably play right field if he needed him to. Obviously, you know, either could DH, you know, whatever the case may be. But uh, if like Urshela's not hitting, you could move LeMahieu to third every day and have Odor start at second. Um, so it just gives him some flexibility there. Um, the other one that so far has only just been reported, I haven't really seen anything official is they signed Mike Montgomery um, 
I, and who did I, he last pitch for? Kansas City? Uh, yeah, I want to say Kansas City. Um, he probably had like his – like the – is more well-known. Uh, I want to say Cubs. he pitched um, – I want to say it was like when he was in Atlanta, but he's kind of been all over the place. I think he pitched for the Mets for a little bit. Um, uh, no, he's pitched – he pitched for the Royals, the Cubs, Seattle, and that's it. No, I, I know – I know because like in his picture on Baseball Reference, he's in a Mets uniform. Yeah, I know, <laughs> so, but in his standard pitching, yeah. So I don't know it, what the he hell. Only has three teams, although it says NL and yeah, I guess AL was the Seattle years. Yeah, Royals so years. I, I don't know. Maybe they're. Well, maybe he was maybe, not. Yeah, maybe he drafted was, by the Royals. Maybe, maybe that's not signed. Mike Montgomery. Oh, yeah, maybe it's not. And maybe he signed with like the Mets, <laughs> and then the Mets let him go or something. I don't know. And then the Yankees just picked him up. Who knows? Um, nothing, nothing overly spectacular. Been in the league six years, like a, you know, probably like a three, four, five ERA type guy. Um, you know, seventy starts in his career, five hundred plus innings. Nothing, nothing overwhelming. Um, but at the same time, like he hasn't really played on, you know, a ton of good teams. He was more of like a relief pitcher spot starter for the Cubs. Like he came over, I want to say like near the deadline, because uh, he only played in 17 games and he started the year in Seattle. Um, but then he was like, you know, made 14 starts in 2017, 19 starts in 2018. Um, so uh, it's a it's another one of those like, hey, if we need a guy to start, mm-hmm. this could be an option, or it's another lefty that could come out of the bullpen, um, because like I think the only, really the only lefty they have other than Chapman right now is Tyler Lyons, um, because Britain's hurt, um, and Justin Wilson's hurt, so. Yeah, made- in Major League Baseball, if you have the capability of now getting three guys out, you're going to get a contract with the team. You're going to get right. a shot with the team, right? For sure. Um, For it sure. used to be so, only you got to get one guy out, so it used to just be <laughs> right. no hold barred. But. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so, so see, I, I don't think it's like a game changer. I'm not like, oh, man, Odor and Montgomery, Yankees can't be stopped now. Um, they're definitely just depth pieces. Um, I think that like why I'm such a big fan of it is that it's only five games into the season and they're tinkering. So they're like, we think we could be better in places. Um, there's just some things that we aren't happy with. There's some things we want to try out. Work that shit out now. Stop. Don't don't try to shake it up and find answers at the trade deadline. Like just see what you can get now when you're not like it's not going to cost you an arm and a leg. Like Odor literally cost them nothing. Like to it actually it clears to, them. It cleared them cap space. Yeah, and it cleared up a like they moved Estrada off the forty man roster to make room for him. Um, you know, whatever. But it so so yeah, it's just like yeah, like get get creative. Let's find solutions. Um, never never settle. Like never feel you couldn't be better. So improve somewhere. Who knows? Like Odor has a little bit of pop. You know, he's I think he's like a two twenty hitter. But he's just as good of an option as Tyro Estrada or Tyler Wade. So, you know, and neither one of those guys bat from the left side of the plate. So, hey, here you go. 
Hey, you got a job. Um. So yeah, um, I don't really think there's much else going on. Yeah, I think that's kind of the Yankees side. gambit. It's kind of the Yankees gambit. Yeah, like, like we talk, like we said, Voight is the big injury. Um, Hicks sat oh, yeah, today, that, but I don't know why. You... I think he's just sucking. I was <laughs> so. gonna say that that was another point I actually meant to bring up earlier. Like you kind of, you kind of at least skated about week one, not really like, you know into any major injury like any sign of like any injury which is good because you know any one week the yankees don't get an injury in a season is good yeah so they uh i know they sat stanton the game um and they dh judge in his place when that happened um so they're they're being cautious trying to give guys more time off um, I wonder if that's the other thing with uh, Odor coming in. Like, if Judge is playing hot, like, you can continue to play him in the outfield if he doesn't really need a day off and you can DH Odor now. You know, if he hits, you know, seven pitch hit home runs or something, you know, dumb this year, <clears throat> it would be well worth uh, what you give up. Two, yeah, two minor league outfielders yeah. um, where we already have, you know, Judge isn't going anywhere. <laughs> Um, Frazier's not going anywhere, so we don't really have a ton of room out in the outfield anyway. And by we, I mean the Yankees, because I'm so emotionally invested that I'm part of the ownership team. So. Oh hell yeah. Um. But yeah, so they're they're you know being cautious with it. Um, I know, like you called Judge a scrub because he. Uh, didn't get too balled down the line uh, to, in tonight's game. Um, but yeah, you could see, like, he, I feel like he was just being a little more cautious, like not going all out. Um, there was a, a play that I feel like he probably could have tried to score um, on someone hit uh, a double. I, I forget who it was. might have been Torres or something like that. Someone got a hit, though, and I feel like Judge could have attempted to score, but just clearly wasn't going to push it. Um, so stopped up at third, no problem. So I think, like, just with the calf strains and rib injuries and collapsed lungs and whatnot, just taking it a little easy, focusing on staying healthy, staying on the field. Because um, preventing that double, you know, in a game that it ultimately didn't matter could be a like if he got hurt doing that like strain something or whatever and he misses 15 games that's a far bigger impact than you know preventing that double would have been so i think it's a smarter approach hopefully it helps them stay on the field um i think i've, I've also read multiple times that, like they don't plan on stanton playing in that in the outfield at all like he's it's just not an option for him for this year um until they can get him to stay healthy <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, you'd hardly want him to run on the base pass at this point in time. Yeah, it's like I'm just like, just hit home runs, bro. Pretty much. Like, just jog. Take take your sweet time. It'll be all right. It's like Voight last year with his feet. <laughs> like, just don't have to hustle anything out, man. Just hit a home run, take your time, get around the bases. You'll be all right. Yeah, you'll be fine. Um, but, so the Cardinals, like, so we got into it a little bit. Uh, in terms of how their opening weekend went, um, they as well. I think 
a little more acceptable and dropping two out of three on the road against, uh, you know, a, a decent division opponent. Um, I think no one's really certain what to make of the Reds still at this point. Um, I know we've talked about it on a couple of occasions that we were always pretty high on their offense, like on paper. Um, and we were surprised that they were as mediocre as they were last year. Um, especially in the playoffs when they just disappeared. Um, so I think it's it it wasn't unreasonable, but I guess like given the way things went down, the concern was like like kind of, kind of the flip side for the Yankees, where we were like, if the Yankees lose because their offense doesn't get going, it's not the end of the world. And for the Cardinals, it was like if the Cardinals lose because their pitching doesn't perform, it's not the end of the world. And that's basically what it was in both scenarios. Like the Yankees offense didn't show up and the Cardinals pitching was sketchy at best. Um, And they, they didn't allow fewer than six runs in the opening series and they still managed to take one of the games. So that's a positive. Um, Yeah. We exploded for runs in the first game though, against, against their better pitcher. Well, what should have been their better pitcher. Uh, for sure. Um, there, there, for me, there, there mm-hmm. is some concern because it, I, I guess I don't like concerns, probably the, the wrong word to use for it. Um, it's just, so like they, they scored 11 runs across the first four innings. So it was against Castillo. And then they were pretty much completely shut down by their bullpen. Like they, they didn't like after Castillo was pulled, through three and a third innings pitched the Cardinals only had three base runners the rest of the game yeah and I forgot who came in after Castillo but um it was the two guys that came in the Cardinals had like a combined game scene like pretty low like one of them they'd only seen like one time the other one you know a little bit more than that like that's just another like the Cardinals man like when they see pitchers they've never seen before it, they struggle against like that's not the first time uh but yeah no that's definitely concerning um because normally obviously you'd like them to rough around that starter get to the bullpen rough them around a little bit more um open that up but that's not the way that typically works for the cardinals we rough them around and then kind of stop scoring but we even talked about in that game like it's kind of nice to start seeing them score runs and even in the second game like <clears throat> at least they're kind of like scoring runs or kind of fighting back, which was something we kind of last year, once it was done for, it was kind of over with. We weren't really seeing much of a fight back. So for sure. Um, and it was like for, for me, and so like I said, like it wasn't 11 runs is 11 runs. Um, yeah, yeah. there, I, of course, like the reds committed two airs. So that definitely helped. Um, guess you only walked two guys. So they were like, they were legit hits. It wasn't like, Oh hey, this is this is where it's at. Now I know like in that first inning, the so the Cardinals scored six runs in the first, um, and part of that came on the back of um, some I guess like I don't want to say like lucky, but it it was fortunate. Um, yeah, I think we kind of talked about what happens like Edmund grounded out to start the inning off. Goldschmidt does what he does, double just barely missed a home run. Um, 
So all that's fine and good. And then Arenado singled on a ground ball that was kept on the infield. Just kind of hit it just out of reach of a guy being able to make a play. So he was able to knock it down, but there wasn't a way to, you know, prevent Goldschmidt from going to third. You weren't going to throw Arenado out. And then DeYoung just kind of like got jammed on a ball and just hit it like to the right side where no one was playing because they had the shift on. Um, so that scored the first run. O'Neill gets hit by a pitch. Um, and then um, Molina reached on the throwing, like on the fielding air by Suarez. And then the the big Carlson home run came. And that was like the big blow that made it 6 nothing. So if the inning goes slightly different, you know, where like Arenado and DeYoung are just ground outs, not a big thing. Or you convert on one of those and then Molina just gra- like gets thrown out and there's no fielding error, then that inning's like, it's one run instead of six. Um, so it, so it's like, all right, like you took advantage of an opportunity, which is phenomenal. Like it's never like, oh, that's bullshit that you did that. <laughs> you know, like that's what you should do. You know, if the team's going to give you extra outs, you take advantage of them. But it was then that like the aftermath after that, that they kind of dropped off so heavily. Um, you had started to mention it that like in the second game, um, they also put up some runs. I I didn't watch, I didn't watch it as tentatively as I watched the other game because I had other stuff going on because what that was Saturday, Saturday. Um, yep. so I had some other stuff that I was handling. But I think like DeYoung hit two home runs, which were both solo shots. Yep. Um, and then. Um, the run in the sixth inning was on an air and then the other runs, it was like nine to three at the time it happened. And it was like, I think off of like kind of the, the back, like their back end bullpen it was the, type guys. Yeah. Eight and eight, and nine. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't like, well, yeah, I guess like, Doolittle and Romano. Well, it, well, the, the two uh, runs, like it was Perez and Romano that the runs yeah, came off Perez. of. So it was like, Bedrosian and Doolittle, who were like more of their their some of their key components, um, and they're they're still kind of working things out. It's so like Romano might be a bigger deal. Romano would pitch the day before and pitch pretty well, but it's not like this flashy name. Like you know, when you hear the name, you're not like, oh yeah, that guy's good. Like we probably right. we probably had never heard of him. Cardinals, it's probably one of the guys that Cardinals had never really seen. So hitting him around, great, but yeah, and I think it was like an Arenado home run. So. A, that's one takeaway. I think the Cardinals hit like three home runs that game, um, and that's right. We're showing a little little power. Yeah, that granted was in Cincinnati, but whatever. Home runs are home runs. No one, no one tallies where you played at the a, end of the year. Yeah, you got to play. <laughs> you got to play in Cincinnati a handful of times, so you better take yeah. advantage of the long ball. Yeah, so no, no one's looking at it. Um, so they put up six runs, but again, like it, like the the I think Arenado's home run was the was a two run shot. Yeah. So like the two runs in the in the in the ninth at that point, like it was nine to four. To me, that's like the classic Matt Holiday home run. You know, like didn't really seem to get done a whole lot in the clutch. But if you get him into a situation where like, you know, there's two guys on and you're down by seven, he's probably hitting a three run bomb. You know, one out in the ninth. He's probably hitting a three-run home run in that situation. If you were down by one in that situation, he's probably ground into a double play to end the game. So that that tack-on, like, garbage time touchdown type situation, 
uh, again, it's phenomenal. Like it's it's Arenado. He's also going to he's going to hit. So it like I, that doesn't surprise me. Um, right. Starting the year it, off eight for twenty. Yeah, but it was Not like, bad. but for me it was like all right, well like. All right, De Young's showing some pop. Like De Young's batting 375 at this point. Goldschmidt's batting almost 600. Arenado's batting 400. This is great, but that's like no one else is doing a damn thing. Like at no, that yeah. point in time, like Edmund was batting like he was like one for uh, nine. Um, O'Neill batting 250. Molina 143. Carlson 167. Like his one hit was the home run in the first game. That was it. Hadn't done anything since then. Williams had. O for whatever, Dean O for whatever, yeah, Carpenter O for whatever, Nagowski yeah. O for whatever. Like no, no one else is doing anything. It's just Goldschmidt, Arenado, DeYoung. If these guys don't hit, the Cardinals are, don't have an offense. Well, I don't, I don't know how. Uh, oh, yeah, no, Nagowski, yeah, O for well, one for two. So yeah, like, I, that's what I'm saying. Like at, at this point, like I, I don't think yeah. he's started or anything like that yet, and I don't know that he will. Um. Yeah, I think, yeah, like, I, don't think I think they gave Carpenter a start at second tonight, and Edmund started in right field. Like they didn't give like Nagowski the lookout right or anything like that. Like they didn't give Edmund yeah. the night off. They they sat an outfielder, mainly yeah. because Dean and Williams aren't doing shit. But you know whatever. Um, but so then so yeah. it's like so it's like all right, you you crush Castillo, which is supposed <laughs> to be the new ace of Cincinnati. I, I don't think he's ace material, but he, he has some flashy stuff. Like, he's been pretty inconsistent, but you jumped all over him for, like, eight runs, nine runs, and, like, four innings. That's good shit. That's good offense. Garbage time touchdowns or whatever, you put up six runs the following night. Like, at that point, you scored 17 runs in two games. It looks great, but, again, a lot of the damage was done by three people plus one hit from Carlson. Um, And then you... Find yourself, and I think like O'Neill hit a home run maybe in the first game uh, at some point, like in the four run inning later on. Um, so you're like, all right, like, man, this is great. Like we're averaging eight and a half runs a game, phenomenal. Like this is going to be crazy. And so in the the final game of the series, Goldschmidt went 0 for four, Arenado went one for three, DeYoung went 0 for four, and you managed to score one run. So like you only had five hits as a team, so you're you're facing like their their number three at this point. Like who who they face? Like I think it was like Jeff Hoffman. Yeah, you know, Jeff just, Hoffman. Yeah, just yeah. this. Yeah, you know, he's a stud. Oh, future this was, future Cy Young winner, Jeff Hoffman. He this, he trained with Tony Losey. This was the game. Hold on, Hoff Hoffman. Let me go look up. I looked up Jeff Hoffman's splits. I think we had seen him like maybe one to two innings. Because he literally, like, what was his, uh, I don't know, don't know, where is that? Three. Nope. That one. Yeah, I've been five innings pitched, only lost three hits, striking out six. Uh, um, like, he pretty much uh, showed us uh, what we were, what was up. Just, let's come on. The yeah, scroll I mean, is real. It, it looks like I mean, he had pitched in Colorado previously. But his numbers were so ballooned. Like he had pitched in 70 games, well, 68 games with 38 starts. And his ERA was like six something. Yeah. Previous um, to those two games, he had pitched nine innings against the Cardinals and his ERA was a seven. Yeah. And then yeah. five innings of three hit baseball allows the one run. Um, 
and on the flip side, like, I I think, like, it, it wasn't even like it's like, I think Martinez started that game, and it it wasn't even like that he pitched that bad, but it it was the same thing that I talk about with Carlos Martinez all the time, which is why I, I don't know, like, I, I shouldn't say why I don't know that I like him as a starter. I know I don't like him as a starter, and it's because he's really good one time through the lineup. Like, he pitched, you know, it was, like, let's see, like, so through the first three innings, first inning, it was ground out, ground out, strikeout. So one, two, three, first. Second inning, ground out, ground out, pop out, one, two, three, second. Third inning was ground out, strikeout, strikeout, one, two, three. So nine up, nine down through the first three innings. His final stat line was five innings pitched, four hits, two walks, four runs allowed, one home run. So night and day difference in the last two innings he pitched through the first three. Like he's really good until guys get to see him more than one time. Perfect for a long reliever. Perfect for a closer. Perfect for a setup guy. Come in and be real nasty for one or two innings. Shut shit down. Yeah. I mean, but to be fair, then Helsley comes in the game, gives up four runs. Webb gives up two runs. Genesis Cabrera gives up two runs. For like, sure. The game unraveled after that point. He wasn't the only one that got dinged up by the Reds that day. Right. But I, I also don't think – so I think that Helsley and Webb, and Webb will be the first two to go when Michaelis and Kim are healthy. Yeah. Um, like maybe maybe Woodford goes down because um, he, he, wasn't, he wasn't amazing um, in the second game. Yeah, um, but they haven't given him a lot of a lot of chance yet. You know, they might they might still like have a little leash on him. You know, let him do bad. They were pretty high on him coming out of spring training. So yeah, I mean, and and he wasn't he wasn't terrible. I mean, he struck out three over two and a third. Uh, he only gave up one hit. Um, but that that game, like it was more so, got out of hand. Like the Cardinals had an early lead. Like they took the lead one nothing in the second, and then the wheels just fell off for Wainwright in the third. And yeah. he just couldn't get out of the inning. So he had, like, I, I don't know how many of the seven hits came in that third. I guess I can look real quick what happened in the or the first two innings. Uh, one, two, three, first. One, two, three, second. Yeah, so it was the third where, like, just the wheels fell off. You know, leadoff walk. Barnhart hits a home run. Gets a line out. Um, and it was a line out to the first baseman, so I'm assuming... Maley hit him hard, which is the pitcher. Um, but then Winker singled, Castellano singled, Vado grounds out. So he has two outs in the inning, but then Suarez singles, Mustaka singles, India singles, Naquin singles. So I I don't know like how hard hit these were. Um, it looks like they were being really aggressive. Um, like Barnhart's home run came on the third pitch. Um, Winker singled on the first pitch. Uh, Suarez singled on the second pitch, Mustakas on the second pitch, Indy on the second pitch, Naquin on the third pitch. So maybe the the jig is up, and you know, being like not letting Wayno get ahead in the count is the way to go. Like be aggressive early. Um, what we'll I guess we'll have to see what happens in his next start. Um, but obviously that's uh probably a rarity it's not it's not going to be very often that wainwright gives up six runs in a start let alone in an inning yep 
Um, yeah, and he's that pitcher that he's going to bounce back from that. He's not going to let that one outing, that one short outing. Uh, he'll he's going to use it as fuel um, for the next game. Um, so whoever he's playing next is probably going to yeah, see a, a pretty top notch Adam Wainwright. Yeah, and then it was just like I mean. To be fair, he's got a career ERA against the Cincinnati Reds of 535. And a 10 and 14 record. Like the Cincinnati Reds. Well, just have his number, I guess. <laughs> kind of a little bit have his number. Yeah. Yeah, just, you know, five walks, nine hits against uh, in the third game. Reds won 12 to 1. Wasn't a good outing. Um, again, Martinez was great for three innings, struggled through the last two. Um, I imagine that part of that was like, yeah, he he wasn't even at like a high pitch count, so I don't want to say he like struggled. I mean, he only finished like 77 pitches, and I think part of probably why Schilt wanted him to go in as deep into the game as he could is because you just had an outing where your pitcher only went two and a, like two and two thirds innings, and I think Flaherty only pitched into the fifth. I don't think he finished the fifth in his start. Yeah, um, I think they pulled him like in in the fifth, maybe even just after four they pulled him. Um, but it definitely wasn't what you expected out of Flaherty, Wayno, Martinez, or at least for me, Flaherty and Wayno. That is what I expected from Martinez. So um, on the flip side, like we said earlier, we had talked about like Cincinnati being maybe a better offensive team than what they showed last year. And they scored five runs on uh, yesterday against the Pirates, who aren't a great team, but they put up I think 14 tonight. Like they beat the Pirates 14 to one. Yeah. Um, and they're still at home, so I don't I don't know, you know, if the wind's blowing out or whatever. A, a small pop up can make its way out and uh, great American. Dude, so dude, so the the Reds like, do you really think this is gonna stay up? Nick Castellanos batting 474. Jonathan India batting 474. Mike Moustakas batting 400. Tyler Naquin 357. Tucker Barnhart 385. Nick Senzel 273. Jesse Winkler 375. Tyler Stevenson, their catcher, has a couple of bats 571. Like, that's just, that's not going to hold up. It's, it's fun to see how long it will go hold up. And that's why I sent you that article earlier, like Amir Garrett being all like, we want to be known as this cocky team. Like, well, you guys have won, like, you know, some games here at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe we should get, you know, 25, 30, 40, 50, 60 games under our belt and see where we're at before we're like, we want to be known as this badass, hard ass, bat flipping, sons of guns, I think is what he said. Like, mm. it's a little early um, because it is a far fall from grace, especially from a team that like, wasn't doing it and just kind of started it. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see where they, where they shake out, but I mean, they're definitely playing some pretty good baseball right now. So, right. I mean, and I I think, I think like that sort of cockiness or arrogance or whatever you want to call it, you know, some people call like douchebaggery. Um, I, 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 I think that there should be a place for it in the game. Like, I don't think that everyone needs to have that mentality. I think that there's some people that just hold themselves to a different standard and go about it a different way. Um, like, you know, I saw like Stan hit his grand slam and he, he bat flipped for sure. Like he, he pimped out his walk, strut a little bit. He watched it. Trout hit a no doubter today and he just tossed his bat down lightly and he ran like pretty much yeah. instantly. Um, so it's just, 
you know, di different, I don't, I don't want to say morals, because I don't think any of them are, like, immoral or anything like that, but just different approach to the same shit, and neither one's wrong, in my opinion. Um, with that being said, I have absolutely no problem on either side of what led to all the fireworks in the Cardinals Red series. Like, what was it, the second game? Yeah. Um, like, with Castellanos. I have no problems with, like, he got hit, sure, be upset about it, whatever. Probably didn't feel good. It was, like, mid-90s to the ribs. Probably sucked. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Especially that see, game two. Like, come on, man. Game two, yeah. you're going to hit me? Like, what you, the fuck? You could see, like, he was talking to Molina. Molina told him, like, you know, like, you could see him say, like, of course not, of course not. And uh, Castellanos even said after the game, like, he asked if it was intentional. And Molina told him, of course not. And you can see that that's what he's saying. Like, no, no, like he didn't. It wasn't intentional. Um, Woodford wasn't like staring him down or anything like that. You know, Woodford's a young kid. I think he's like the youngest yeah, the last thing, on the team. Yeah, the last thing Woodford needs to come in and do is hit Nick Castley. <laughs> yeah, like he's not. Yeah, they're not setting him up like for that, that. You know. So then, fast forward to later in the inning, there's a like the ball gets away. There's a a hustle play. Castley also makes a good slide, slides in head first. Woodford tries to make the play, and he ends up landing on his back. Castellanos jumps up, flexes, just says, like, let's fucking go. Just happened to be right in Woodford's face. Whatever. Talk shit. Like, if Woodford strikes a guy out and he pumps his chest, how is it any fucking different? No one would bat an eye about it. But because Castellanos flexed in his face, said, let's fucking go. He didn't push him. He didn't chest pump him. He didn't, like, didn't do anything like that. And then Molina did what he needed to do and protected his pitcher and he shoved him from behind. I I pushed him, touched him. I don't I don't know. Like everything said shove him. When I watched the replay, it doesn't really look like it. Like it was more so like, "Hey dude, fuck you. You can't say that to my to my fucking picture." Like <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, probably like in it's probably in Spanish, you know, whatever. Like their Castellano sounds like he speaks Spanish. So it's probably some shit, yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah. He um, looks like he, you know, he might have worked in a kitchen. He knows he knows a couple <laughs> words. Yeah. Betch's, he knows the big word. Betch is clear. Right. You know, the guys did what they needed to. Goldschmidt came in, was peacekeeper. Arenado came in, fired up, going at Castellanos. Castellanos yeah. got pulled to the back. He kept his hands to behind him. He wasn't being aggressive. Nothing like that. Like, Molina wasn't being overly aggressive. Like, it was kind of done after that till the little, you know, someone said something about the other person's mom or something, I guess, out in the outfield. Yeah, yeah, between that's why Jordan. That's why Jordan Hicks ain't pitching, because they're like, uh, you stupid. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem with most of it either. I actually thought like the, and obviously like the Cincinnati, like this isn't the first blow up with these clubs, right. obviously like the, the Boo Phillips thing started for a reason. Um, so it's, it's history, but the Nick Castellanos, like the, like we, you just mentioned, like put his hands behind his back and was pretty much like kind of like this is not what i meant to happen like right. i like i was hyped up i got in like and it's not even it wasn't even like the biggest like bang bang play i would think cuz to me like when i watched it and i maybe have to watch it again but i thought woodford was kind of more later to the plate like yeah. I, you know like, like he, he like kind of landed would, on his back yeah he was kind of like landed on his back so like you know like it's kind of like that and then he gets up and is excited it's kind right. of whatever and it, and it just so happened to be that like woodford was there yeah. like on his knees still so it looked like yep. he was over the top of him like you know gorilla man and out getting in his face and yep. so i get it like 
So if anything, like physical contact was instituted on the play by Woodford. Castellanos pumped his chest, you know, gorilla out, did what he needed to do. Molina defended his pitcher. The bench is cleared to defend their players, and it got broken up, and then the other scuffle happens. In my opinion, like, no harm, no foul. Everyone go about your business. Maybe you warn the clubs, tell them, like, hey, like, I don't want to see retaliation. You're not going to, like, necessarily Correct. eject the, the next player to throw at somebody. But, like, if Castellanos gets hit and is next to bat, maybe you're like, all right, like, nope, warning the Cardinals. Or you just warn the benches then and be like, I am i don't want to deal with this today. It's fucking game two. Calm <laughs> yeah, down. let's not, let's not you know? overwork this here. We <laughs> yeah, got a like, lot of series left Relax. Yeah. Um, you know, save, save getting ejected from a game and getting your shower early in the dog days of summer when it's 112 degrees at field level and you don't want to be out here. Like, get ejected then. Um, but it was just crazy to me that it's like, and even in the reports, like Molina, like made physical contact with uh, an umpire. It wasn't in any kind of aggressive manner, but you've heard time and time again that like, you can't make contact with an umpire. If you bump an umpire, if you make contact with an umpire, you're gone. It's that simple. So Molina goes after Castellanos, who's walking back to the dugout. Molina makes contact with an umpire. The only player ejected in this whole situation is Castellanos. Then they they fine uh, Cassianos, Molina, Suarez, Winker, and Hicks, and the last three are because of what went on out in the outfield. Um, <laughs> Schilt said he knows what happens and he he had eyes on it because he suspected something was up. I don't fucking know what he's talking about. Whatever. I feel like the Cardinals were being a bunch of little babies, but fine. Um, but then on top of that, Cassianos gets suspended for two games. Like just. Just botched all around on the MLB side. Like, well, yeah, MLB can't make MLB can't make rational decisions anyway. So. Yeah, like if they wanted to fine everybody because there was an altercation that involved you and it caused the benches to clear, and yeah, so was... in in that scenario, someone's getting fined always. Yeah. Then cool. You guys broke COVID protocols. That's yeah. too many people in an area. Yeah. So we're just gonna like, fine you none, for that. None of you guys were masked up. <laughs> like you're all getting yeah. fined. Yeah. What is so this, cool. Texas? <laughs> where, are we, where are we? Globe Life. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's just like it, it's gonna happen. Like I, I love to see it. Like I 100% am on board with that shit. Like I guess I, I could say the only thing that I've ever seen someone do that I was literally like, there isn't a place for that in the game is the one. So the, the yes, Juan Soto crotch yes. grab, that's uh, it. Like so hawk down whoever you want. Yeah. yeah. Hawk, hawk down whoever you want. Take your step towards the pitcher and stare him down. Whatever, yeah. dude, by all means, yeah. I love that shit. Grabbing your crotch like you're like <laughs> trying to get yourself hard, like that's yeah. excessive, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like come on, man, calm it down. Uh, agreed. <laughs> and if I mean he's what he was only batting like you know he had the game-winning home run tonight too, so I'm sure he was crotch grabbing, but yeah, it, it was a single. It wasn't a home run. Either way, he hit the game. He hit the walk off. He, he did hit the walk off. Um, probably the whole way, just like grabbing it. Like, yeah. uh, have you seen like the minor, the uh, major league movies? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I think it's like the second one where Serrano is <laughs> buddies with the with the Japanese guy, and he's like, "You don't yeah. got no marbles," and he hits the home run. He's like running down, like, and he like does a gesture with like how big his balls are. 
That's what I imagine Juan Soto did when he got the walk-off hit. Yeah, I haven't seen it. He's uh, only seen Major League Two. Yeah, like I, I haven't, I haven't seen his walk-off hit. And if someone tells me different, I'm just gonna call him a liar because that's what happened. Um, True. But, but yeah, like I, I think it's exciting that it was the opening series. Like I think it can add a lot of fun to what seemed to be a rather mundane NL Central. Um, Milwaukee's offense is struggling. The Cubs have found ways to win early. Um, I think the Cubs opened up against Pittsburgh, though. Yeah. Um, so, like, taking two out of three from the Pirates, good on you, but not the hardest thing to do <laughs> in the world. Um, I know they beat Milwaukee yesterday. I think Milwaukee beat them tonight. Uh, yeah, 4 nothing. So, I mean, Cardinals, Reds. Two and one, Cubs Pirates two and one, you know, Milwaukee and Cubs are it's going to be two and one in that series. Um, Cincinnati's beating up on Pittsburgh, but whatever. But so it's been like some some hard fought, well played games in the NL Central, and if the Central can stay competitive, or at least the the 19 times you play each of your opponents, if it's entertaining baseball, I don't care if the Cardinals win the division by 30 games, like I. I, for me, I wouldn't care if the Cardinals lose the division by 30 games either. I know you would have feelings about one way or the other a little differently than I would. Yeah, but I'll if... stop watching even Cole starts, so you better watch out. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, but I'll it... trade him off my team. <laughs> but for nothing. But if um, yeah. So if if the other 16 games against the Reds or all 19 games against the Brewers and all 19 games against the Cubs and you know whatever, like if they're if they're hard fought competitive, like, and those juices are just flowing, like teams are getting amped up playing in front of their crowd, like in front of a crowd again, it might be a smaller crowd. Or, I mean, if you're the Tampa Bay Rays, it's probably the same size as you've always played in front of. Um, Same people sitting in the same seats. Like, Oh yeah. They're like, we've sold out for the first time officially. Like, Oh, you guys have COVID seating. This is just our like normal seating. It's like, (laughs) like, this is Steve. He sits down in the third row, second chair down there. Yeah. Like all of our, all of our attendees are just season ticket holders. (laughs) Yeah. Literally they, yeah. Yeah. They're, they're Um, known by like, you don't have to go get beer or anything. Like the guy just comes up at the exact time. You always get a beer. He's like, here you go. There's like, it's like on a schedule. Like, yeah. I'll see you in the sixth. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Uh, you're tipping them real well because you're like you're one of like nobody else there. So uh, you're just like ordering from the concession stand because you can just yell because no one else is there, so they can just hear you from the concourse. Yeah, because in normal stadiums, like the beer guys, like you buy your beer and then you're like you're responsible for like selling that. Like you're kind of like uh, in some way like an independent vendor of like that beer sale or whatever. <laughs> So I'm sure in uh, Tampa Bay though they don't do that. They're just like, no, nah, we're just all taking <laughs> no. a loss here. Yeah. So what? So what they do is at Tropicana is like when one guy leaves, he's like, does anybody else need anything? <laughs> and like they just rotate who goes and buys for the section. Hey, I'm going to the gas station. You guys need anything? <laughs> yeah. You want some some smokes? I got you. Um, DoorDash, DoorDash for the race. Yes, yes. Um, Season ticket holders now can get DoorDash delivered to your seats. Yeah. So feeling like feeling like uh, Whataburger in the sixth. Got you. Yeah. 
Oh, there's been a double. Get yourself a double double. No, well, <laughs> everyone's getting a double. Uh, we yeah. just ordered for everybody in the stadium. Not a big yeah. deal. But you'll have to come come to section 102 to pick it up yourself. <laughs> we don't have the we don't, we can't handle the capacity to hand pretty out all much. this food. There's only six of us. <laughs> pretty much, and uh, one of them's the announcer. Yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah. So, so anyway, now that we're done bashing on the Rays. Uh, it's just uh, not really, really the Rays. It, it's, it's the fan Rays base. fan base, yeah. That's yeah, fair. yeah, yeah. We, we, to be uh, fair, we kind of like the Rays, unless they're playing the Yankees, I think. But for the most part, I think we like the Rays. Well, um, maybe not so much anymore now that they don't have... Uh, uh, Snellzilla. Yeah, our, <laughs> the Zill career, you know. Yeah. Um, but, you know. You still got a pitcher on there. I still got a, I got a pitcher on the team. So yeah, we I've been a fan. The, we watched in the club. Yeah, I've been a fan of Glass now for for a long time. Like even when he was in Pittsburgh, um, I was a fan of his. So um, seeing him be successful, it it's it's cool. I'd much rather him be successful in in Pittsburgh than in Tampa Bay. But you know whatever. Um, but it's just crazy to think that like in a situation. Like, if the Pirates, like, just kind of held on to their dudes, they, like, their rotation right now could be, like, Glass now, Tyon, um, like, Joe Musgrove, who's now in, in, uh, San Diego, um, like, Mitch Keller is, is an option, who I think is, like, their ace now, but he'd be, like, their number four, um, and I feel like there's, like, one other pitcher that was that did pitch for Pittsburgh that he, Oh, uh, Garrett Cole also came from Pittsburgh. <laughs> so like, I'm pretty sure that's who, who he, where he went when he was drafted after the Yankees drafted him and he, uh, turned him down. Nah. Yeah. They drafted him out of high school and he's like, nah, I'm going to go, I'm going to go to UCLA and pitch in a rotation with Trevor Bauer and hate each other. Fuck you guys. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he was drafted by the Pirates. So, like, if they just held on to their guys, Cole, Glassnow, Tyon, Joe Musgrove, Mitch Keller, that's a pretty good one through five. Like, that's a pretty good rotation. Yeah, not bad. You know, they, maybe they wouldn't be in a situation where they're selling everybody off. Like, they could still have, like, Starling Marte, uh, I think Gregory Polanco's still there. But, like Austin Meadows played for the like was drafted by the Pirates. Uh, Josh Bell could still be there. Like they 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 could have a good team. Their their GM sucks, and their <laughs> ownership sucks. Um. But yeah, so. It just it's it's exciting to me for there to seemingly be some bad blood because I think it'll make that those matchups that appeared to be mundane maybe they'll they'll matter a little more as the the season progresses. Um, but so you get out of the weekend and Cardinals stay on the road uh, going to Miami, and for me again it was you know. It's been situational best. They've won both games, but the offense to me has not, still has not looked good. So 
the last three games, it's been pretty, pretty bad in my opinion. Um, they scored the four runs in the first game. Uh, they scored four runs tonight. But in the first game, they put up three in the first inning. And I want to say the bases were loaded on walks. Yeah, so, yeah, Edmund walked, Goldschmidt walked, Arenado flew out, DeYoung walked. So bases loaded with one out, O'Neal strikes out, Molina hits the double, all three runs score. So, three walks, or one hit in the inning, you you score three runs. Probably not going to be able to bank on that on a fairly regular basis. Um, at least the Young's walk was on a full count. Um, but Edmund and Goldschmidt walked on four straight. Um, so it looked like Rogers was just having trouble, you know, locating. Um, and then they tacked on another run in the fifth and that was on a Tommy Edmund home run. Um, so other than that, not a whole lot doing, um, I think, so after Edmund homer, Goldschmidt singled. Molina hit the double earlier in, in the game. That was like three of their five hits. Uh, so without the walks, not a lot happening. Um, and they struck out 14 times in the game. Ridiculous. It's a ton. ton of strikeouts. Um, so then you have tonight. Again, they, they win. Um, it's kind of a bend, don't break for Gantt good on him you know pitched himself into trouble a few times Helsley got himself into a jam you know stem the tide a little bit um Gant probably shouldn't have let up a run in the first you know thanks to an O'Neill air or two O'Neill airs I guess technically um but again six hits they scored three runs in the sixth um and on that it was kind of like some some odd scenarios uh single single walk um then there's the pass ball that kind of screwed the pooch for the that allowed the inning to kind of get out of hand uh because then it was just productive outs that drove in runs um and we i know we had kind of a conversation about that so if the pass ball doesn't happen where it just like hit off of alfaro uh alfaro's (laughs) shin guard and kicked up the first baseline Edmund scores without a problem. Um, Goldschmidt and Arenado advance. So now it's second and third with no outs. And DeYoung just grounds into uh, grounds out to third. Anderson glanced at Goldschmidt, probably like knowing that DeYoung doesn't have a ton of speed, probably could have like not that DeYoung's super slow, but I mean even when he he rushed it over there essentially, he beat him by a handful of steps. Um, so he probably could have like made Goldschmidt take a step back towards third by just stepping in that direction um, and then thrown over to first and would have been fine. But either way, if the pass ball doesn't happen, Edmonds on third at that point, so he probably easily scores on that. Um, but Anderson just flips the second, throw to first, and it's an easy double play. Um, so now it's two to one two outs with just a runner on third. They intentionally walk Matt Carpenter for whatever reason. 
Um, in that situation, you probably don't because there's two outs. And you're not worried about putting a double play in, in effect. Um, but they they did walk him to put the double play in effect for Molina, and Molina hits a sack fly. Say the same thing happens, and Carpenter just draws a walk. Molina's sack fly ends the inning, and now it's still 2-1. to one. Um, Carlson hits a home run later in the game, and I think that's like Carlson's second hit on the year. Both are home runs. Yep. <laughs> so, um, but again, like, they allowed, what, uh, one run yesterday, the pitching. So this is kind of what we anticipated, you know, not allowing, you know, six runs, nine runs, and 12 runs. Um, it's kind of going the wrong direction when you're when you're allowing nine runs a game. No one anticipated that being what the pitching is, but they let up one run yesterday, two runs today, um, and the two runs today, like one was unearned. Like, and O'Neill, yeah, he won a Gold Glove because it was the pandemic and they did it just based on statistics. But either way, he still had good statistics defensively, um, and he just misplayed the ball, and then. I don't think Arenado was anticipating the throw coming in the third. He was expecting it to go into second. And the like he just seemed like he wasn't ready for it or looking for it. So the ball just went right past him and it allowed the runners to advance. So just uh, a bad thirty seconds for O'Neill, um, that cost the Cardinals a run. Um, so that you could probably take that run off the board and then I don't even really know what happened in the fifth. I just know you told me that Helsley was in trouble. Um, so let's see. Mm. Uh, Marte flies out to lead it off. Walk, single, single, um, which loaded the bases. So, you know, then stack fly and he strikes the guy out. So, and I think like Gant had a couple innings. Like I think the, you know, the first, obviously what happened, happened. The second, he was lead off single, got the double play. Then he struck out Alcantara. Um, so I guess it was like the third yeah, guys. Hit, yeah, hit by pitch, single, walked a guy. It's like bases loaded, no outs, and he got out of it. Um, and then the fourth inning, it's like ground out, single, ground out, line out. Um, so Miami had some base runners, but it was really like the third inning, like that you know Gant could have gotten like could have gotten out of hand, but he bared down, got out of it, big strikeout of Duvall Anderson swings at the first pitch pops out to the shortstop. I have no idea how anyone swings at the first pitch um, <laughs> with the bases loaded situation, but it. it happens all the time. I don't get it. Like let, I let the guy I don't pitch himself pitches. into a hitter's count. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want to see no pitches. Yeah. And then uh, Chisholm junior jazz Chisholm struck out the end of the inning. So Gantt shut it down. Um, he, he has a really good, like a really strong sinker, but he was throwing it up in the zone a lot. And it's like, it was confusing to me because we were talking about like him being aggressive with his fastball. And I had talked about it with my brother and you and I were talking about tonight with Ponce de Leon. That, like he was uber aggressive with his fastball, especially up in the zone. <clears throat> and it was like, I, I only know of like a handful of pitchers that that's their approach to pitching. And it's like, Scherzer, Verlander, Cole are like the guys that really are like those power pitchers up in the zone that that's where they're going to attack guys with their fastball. Um, but I think Ponce de Leon threw like 93 pitches in a start and 88 of them were fastballs. 
Mm -hmm. Um, so it's a huge number. Um, so I mean, it could just be a scouting report because like what whatever they've been doing, it it has worked. Um, I saw like they've only allowed the three runs and one of them was unearned. Yeah, they uh, that interview with Ponce said that he's obviously said that he doesn't shake off Molina. He's like, because the one out of the three times that he's ever done it was the spring training, and he let up a hit on that pitch that he shook off. And apparently Molina came out and told him and was like, hey, man, um, if you don't want to throw what I put down, you just start throwing pitches. I won't put anything down. You throw it, I'll catch it. You know, like, if that's what you want to do. But, like, I think Molina's just meaning, like, you know, I, I spent a lot of time looking at these guys' weaknesses and, you know, put a game plan. You would think going into that they would have been more on track. But, you know, I think in that one instance, I think he just probably knew his fastball was that pitch for the day. Because even uh, even Pont said that, like, he was really feeling his changeup um, coming into that start. And he's like, but Molina just didn't call it for me. You know, he's I had it a couple times, but he just kept calling me that. And that's why he said I just don't shake off. I just don't shake him off, even though I felt like I could have thrown that change uh, most of the day. So, yeah, uh, I don't I would think it has to be a scouting report thing because, yeah. man, like as a team, like you have to know the fastball is coming eventually. Right. Like yeah. he only threw five pitches that weren't the fastball. So and they were all the change up. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah so. It's, and it again, like it's not that it can't work. I mean, like there's definitely been successful pitchers at the major league level that have only had two or three pitches um, as starters like Cole Hamels was that way. Um, that it was like two seamer cutter change up. And that was really it that he threw. Um, but I don't think Ponce de Leon's at that level. Um, and yeah, I don't so think again, he's at that elite starter level for right. sure. But so I definitely think he's starting to make a case for a spot in this fucking rotation. Yeah, I I don't I don't disagree with that. Like it, right now, he would be who I would put as the fifth starter, um, just in what we what we've seen um so far because like he he hasn't been terrible in the past um and when you get michaelis and kim back like two guys have to leave the rotation um and i think that they should be um martinez and gant and gant yeah um and not that like gant looked bad tonight it's just i i think that both gant and martinez are going to be more effective in shorter exposure um it's like if you're gonna see them for you know um, like I, I think Martinez does a great job of like throwing his slider off his fastball. Um, and I think that's why he was great as a closer. Um, sometimes he gets wild and he can't throw strikes. And that's usually when he tended to be bad as a closer. Um, as he would pitch himself into trouble, like either very hitter friendly counts or he just walking guys, hitting guys, whatever. Um, so he might only give up one or two hits, but if you give up one or two hits with two or three walks, now those one or two hits are driving in runs. So that doesn't really fly. Or if that, like if that one hit is a three run home run, now you're in trouble. <clears throat> so I, and I think Gant's the same way. Like Gant with his sinker and changeup kind of moving in a similar direction if he doesn't throw his sinker up in the zone. But that's why I think that like, Miami has a relatively young offense and I think it's an offense that has like launch angle mentality. And you saw a lot of guys just couldn't catch up to high fastballs because they're swinging on that upward angle. So they essentially have to be uber early to get, you know, to get the, the sweet part of the bat out in front of it to get your bat head up there. Cause you're not making contact late in the, like if you're swinging on an upward angle, 
by the time the ball's over the plate, you're swinging underneath of it. It's like you have to be like you have to essentially start your swing before the ball gets to the plate and make contact kind of at like the front edge of the plate. And yeah. you're now so now you're trying to swing like out in front of a, a fastball. And if you do that and someone like Gant, who has a nasty changeup, if that's what he throws, you could probably like bugs bunny it and swing three times at that pitch. <laughs> like <laughs> you know, like it's just it's not not how it's gonna go. Um, so that's why I think that like, that is the makeup to me that is most successful. I think that Reyes should be that spot so you can start to loosen him up and expand him out. Um, but if you want to start doing that in the, in the bullpen and have him just be like, okay, like we're going to throw you for two innings here. Like Ponce is going to throw five and the game plan is to go to you for the sixth and the seventh. You know, and that's what we're gonna do. And then, like, we're gonna we're just gonna start opening you up to two innings at a time. You know, at a time. And then it'll be three. And then it'll be a spot start here. Maybe they go to like a six-man rotation because you you got to plan for a future, and you have to know whether or not Reyes is a starter or Reyes is gonna be a reliever. Um, and you got to figure that out sooner or later. And I think just moving him strictly to a starter instantly and not opening up his arm and letting him stretch out is just gonna result in him getting hurt again. So that that's why that's my theory. Um, but so the I don't know I I haven't seen anything on Michaelis coming back, um, but I know from what I've read with Kim, he made a simulated game start today, um, in Jupiter. He's expected to join the team in Miami tomorrow. And then he'll travel with the team back to St. Louis. So he'll be here for the season opener, like the home opener. But I don't know if it's just like, a, hey, we want you to be here with the team. Or we want you to be on the 26-man active roster suited up. Um, and we're going to try to get you a start, you know, either against, um, well, I forget who's coming into town, Milwaukee. Is that who uh, we yeah, play? yeah, um, and then yeah, Milwaukee, then Washington. Yeah, so so I don't know the if Phillies. they, yeah, so I don't know if they plan on like maybe one of those starts, Kim making, um, maybe like Gant's next spot, like would be Kim, you know, since he pitched the simulated game today and Gant pitched today, um, so maybe like game ten, so what that'd be like the second game against Washington. Um, Kim would just make that start and Gant would shift to the bullpen and you know, you'll know you probably see like Helsley or Woodford or somebody shift to the alternate site. Um, but uh, but so that that's at least close. And I think that like once that happens, like where you talked about like Helsley also had some trouble after um, Martinez came out and Helsley got himself into a little bit of trouble now. It's like, if you replace those spot, like those spot relief appearances with Gant, I think you're, you're the team just looks a little better and yeah, stick, stick you're around a little, some. You're a little bit more sure, and if you can get a lead, you're a little bit more confident that right. uh, the guy coming in is going to keep it for you. Yeah, and so like um, I'm, or at I'm least fares better when it goes bad. And I'm I'm assuming they're being you know sparing with uh with Hicks and his arm. Um, he didn't 
Uh, he pitched yesterday. He didn't pitch tonight, but they had Reyes go out for four outs, um, which there's anything wrong with it. Um, I just know that they also talked about Reyes being on an inning limit this year. Mm-hmm. So, and I guess like closing out a game in April is just as valuable as closing out a game in, in September. But, you know, we'll, we'll see. Um, yeah. And if you really want, um, if you're trying to bring back, uh, um, picks, uh, a little bit and kind of slow them into it, I would think obviously Reyes is your, your kind of surefire kind of closer right now. He pitched really well last year. He pitched good in spring training. Like he's been staying healthy. So like you're comfortable in that position, but I'm definitely not going to be surprised. Um, if Hicks starts, you know, pitching pretty well, that they let Hicks have that shot, and then they kind of move to that Genesis Cabrera, Alex Reyes, uh, Giovanni Gallegos kind of setup rotation a little bit more often in between those three. But I would say that Hicks, I mean, obviously if Reyes pitches well, that might not be a decision. They might be like, you know what, like we're just not, we're just gonna let this ride. But I still think Hicks gets a gets a chance at it once he's kind of feel comfortable uh, and getting some pitches under his belt. I mean, yeah. yeah. When you're one of two people that you know have pitched 105 miles an hour, and the other one is Aroldis Chapman, you tend to get more chances than uh, some other guys because Aroldis Chapman strikes guys out. So true. Yeah. You want to find out if you got. You definitely want to find out if you have that next guy. He also gives up home runs when guys know what he's about to throw. But yeah, whatever. you know. But you know, he also goes from team between team win. Fucking, you know. Well, at least he goes to some teams, wins World Series, and comes back. True. I'm waiting for him to win one with us. <laughs> Just you know, waiting on it. Um, um, but the Cardinals' schedule coming up um, does not get easy by any means. Milwaukee, obviously, you talked about like that they uh, aren't playing that great. That's another series, though. That the Cardinals just kind of we see how they play against division opponents. Washington, that's you know, we'll see how COVID friendly they are and what players they have back. Um, but then you finish the month out with Cincinnati. So some of the same teams coming up. Uh, not the easiest road, but I'd imagine, you know, we sh- we got some winnable games coming in here. We'll see in the Washington who we get slated against. That pitching, those pitching matchups could always end up to be a nightmare, but. Yeah, I know. Um, I know Scherzer pitched today. Today. So I would assume that uh, he, because we, what, Milwaukee is heading in over the weekend, right? Like yeah, they're up here. On Sunday. They're here Thursday, and then off day Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then Washington comes in on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So, yeah, but then, but then we play Washington again. Like we play three games Philly, and then we play three games. Gotcha. So yeah, so it'll be it'll be interesting. There, obviously, obviously it it throws it off a little bit because you know Washington didn't play their opening series against the Mets because of COVID. They currently have like nine guys on the COVID IL. Um, one of them being Patrick Corbin and one of them being John Lester. So their rotation's a little decimated at the moment. Um, they also have a doubleheader to make up for the first game of the series with Atlanta that wasn't played yesterday, um, and that's tomorrow. So they technically will be throwing two starters. Um, but I know I know the, the guys that are on the COVID list aren't free to come off until the 12th. Um, yep. And that would and that would be when the series starts, so it could be a situation where like, I I would assume like they have two games tomorrow 
I I would imagine they're probably off on Thursday, and then it would be like game Friday, game Saturday. So Scherzer would be on regular rest for Sunday. So you might of like you might miss him, um, th- like through this first stretch. But if Corbin and Lester are both able to go, you could end up seeing both of them there. Um, and then I don't know. Um, I'm assuming Strasburg's going to make one of the starts tomorrow. Um, so that would put him in line to start on normal rest on Monday. So like it might be like a Strasburg, Corbin, Lester on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday for that series. Um, and in which case you, they would probably then have like, if it's, you know, off day somewhere, three games against Philly, and then the nationals come back in, then you're probably even at a potential to get like Scherzer, Strasburg, Corbin, that second go round. (laughs) So, um, and just get all the big, (laughs) yeah, you're definitely lucky if you can kind of scotch out of that a little bit, but yeah, they, they definitely have one of the better rotations in baseball. Um, with Lester being like a number four, number five guy, like not that he can't be beat, you know, and he's he's not the same guy that he was like when he was in Boston. Um, but the Cardinals notoriously have trouble with soft tossing lefties. Soft tossing lefties. Um, but I'm hoping that they get into a mindset that they can run on him if that becomes a thing, because I think that's how you throw him off, yep. um, and that's how you beat him. But the Cardinals have only attempted two stolen bases through their first five games, so it doesn't seem like they're going to be the the running type. Well, um, dude, we're hitting we're hitting home runs, dude. Give us what, give us a second. We got to get on base. What is that like? Hundred and sixty divided by five. Is that like thirty and some change? Like thirty mm. thirty two. Yeah, I would think at some point in time for this team to consistently win games like the the Mike Schilt, the Cardinal way, if it's getting guys on, stealing bases. Like his first year as manager, yeah. we really upticked it was, the stolen bases. Yeah, it was wide I'd, ball. I'd imagine, I'd imagine we're, we should see that at some point in time. Um, yeah, because I, mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess we can look like if we look at like 2019 – um, so stolen bases, one, two, three, four, five, seven, nine, 11, 14, 17, 23, 29. Uh, Are you 40. manually counting their stolen bases? Yeah, because it doesn't total it out on MLB. Mm-hmm. 40, 64. Yeah, so like 2019, like, they, they were sitting... 70 80 somewhere in there at a glance um in terms of successful and then caught it was another 10 20 4 5 6 7 8 nine. it's about another 30 caught stealing so when they attempted about you know 100 110 steals um and right now they would be on pace for like half that yeah um and I think that they have, uh, I mean, like Wong led the team in stolen bases. Edmund was second. So obviously Edmund's still in and he's going to get more playing time. He only played in 92 games that year. Um, but like Ozuna had 12 steals in 14 attempts. 
Um, DeYoung had nine steals and 14 attempts. Fowler had eight steals and 13. Well, to be fair, DeYoung could have more attempts. He just has to get on base. Yeah. And And DeYoung is allergic to the base path right now. Carpenter was six out of seven. Molina was six out of six. Successful in stolen bases. (laughs) Yo, Molina will get some stolen bases this year. Um, He's a sneaky stolen base guy. Yeah, Jed Jerko, two out of two. Jose Martinez, three out of three. It's like, it's, it's such a successful game play it is the the most successful offensive play that can be done in baseball i have no idea why teams don't do it more often and i feel like with carlson edmund o'neill um you know deong did steal um you know none of those guys consistently get on base to even steal the base that's like you can't it's hard to even it's hard to you know do that currently well and carlson hasn't been on base yet he's only like he might have walked i don't know he's only got two hits down there both home runs so he isn't helping himself um in yeah, that colorado regard. colorado is coming back on arizona um so uh, the only other thing i had non-fantasy was uh, an interesting article that I saw earlier on MLB.com, and I only only marked it because it was uh, they talk about the Cardinals, but it's like five teams that may already have legit concerns, and they were ranked mm-hmm. in like order of like teams that were like the first team was like the most should be the most concerned, and they openly said that it's like five games, and it's absurd to think that like this will be anything, but it's like five games is just long enough that like if you're if your team's doing something that you thought they solved you like start to feel confident in it or the flip side is also accurate that like if you're like oh man our offense is gonna be terrible and then your offense sucks for the first five games you're like i fucking knew it this is how it's gonna be like this is what it's gonna be for 162 games um but so they they talk about the a's and like their bullpen being so bad um is number one number three was like the Braves offensive regression um, because Freeman and Ozuna basically had like career years last year. Um, The Brewers, the lineup being as bad as it was going to be again. And then uh, number five was the Red Sox, like what they can really expect from their rotation. Um, So the one that was missing. So number two on that list is the Cardinals. And it talks about how the rotation is going to hold up. Um, so I just want to read through because it's just a one paragraph. So I want to read it real quick because I thought it was interesting to see like the things that they talk about. Uh, but it says for so for all the concerns about the Cardinals' offense, the larger national worry appeared to be with their rotation, which had Jack Flaherty who struggled in 2020, a nearly 40 Adam Wainwright, an inconsistent Carlos Martinez, and a bunch of injury concerns. In the first three games, Flaherty, Wainwright, and Martinez. The three guys the Cards thought they could count on gave up 16 earned runs in 12 innings. If anything, they were lucky just to win one of their games against Cincinnati over the weekend. Uh, Daniel Ponce de Leon was much stronger against Miami on Monday, and St. Louis needs John Gant to do the same Tuesday. But if Flaherty, Wainwright, and Martinez don't come through, the Cardinals aren't going anywhere further than 500, which is where they are now. And I was like, I feel like that's pretty accurate. Um if you would have told me the Cardinals were going to score, what do we say? It was 
11, 12, 18 runs in the opening series against Cincinnati. By K, they're in the, in the same manner that I was like, if if you told me, you know, through through five games, the the Yankees wouldn't allow more than three runs. I'd like Yankees are five and zero. Oh. If you would have told me that through the first five games, the Cardinals would have scored what I just say what was it 12, 18, 18 mm-hmm. so twenty six runs that the Cardinals were going to score 26 runs in their first five games. Right, I also be games. like, they're five and oh, <laughs> right. like, got it. Cool. Understood. They're probably five and oh as well. So for the Cardinals <laughs> to be three and two and the Yankees to be three and two, I was like, man, like this is crazy. Like, and it doesn't like five and oh, three and two doesn't seem that much different, but it's like, well, what if what our concerns were, weren't the concerns? Like, we talked about the offense needing to show up, and if the offense does, the Cardinals will be all right, and they'll they'll just run away with the division. But what if like the offense is fine all year, and the pitching just legitimately ends up being an issue? Yeah, I just think I have more confidence in them. Like if they struggle, if they're struggling in pitching and be able to come out of that as a group, then I do in the offense not hitting and them coming out of that as a group because the offense hasn't proved the Jeff Albert hitting experience hasn't proved anything yet. Um, Nolan Arenado is not counted in that. Like he is a good hitter. Paul Goldschmidt is not counted in that. He is a good hitter. Like obviously like they're on like the Cardinals hitting regimen, but like I'm sure Paul Goldschmidt hits his own batting practice at this point in time. Like he's his own, like when you're, when you've been in the league that long, you're that respected, like you might take opinions and you might be very open to them, but you probably have a very serious routine that like you like, and you like to follow and people know it works because you're Paul Goldschmidt. Um, So I take those two out of the equation, even though they're hitting well, like, the, the hitting experience has just not been great. The Jeff Albert, the let's totally re or the Jeff Albert totally rebuild. Um, you know, he controls all hitting from triple a up, um, and your triple a and up when they come up, they're very highly touted players. Um, and not just by the Cardinals, but by MLB in general. Um, and they don't hit very well at all. Like none of them, like you haven't hit on one of them. Normally, like you hit on one, you know, like you know, out of 10 guys, you might hit on one or two. And like, that's not horrible. Like you're not, it's baseball. Like not everyone's going to make it, but man, the Cardinals just don't seem to hit on one of them. Or when they do, it's a flash in the pan one year. Um, and then teams start to see that person, you know, and they get shut down a little bit. So the, the, the pitching, I, that that staff has overcome adversity time and time again. They figure ways to get around that. Um, just when you count them out, they start shutting people down. Uh, so that is, I think, a more long-term outcome for them. The the hitting definitely. I mean, you take Paul Goldschmidt and, and Nolan Arenado out of the equation. And, yeah, because uh, when when did Albert join the uh, Cardinal what, organization? Four or five years ago now, or something like that. Because it was. He was right. there. Jeff. Yeah, because so yeah, so he was in Houston for 2017, and the the Cardinals hired him as the hitting coach after the 2018 season. So, yeah. um, so, so it's it's only so this will be his second full year. It's his third year, but second full year. Um, so I don't know. 
so so I would agree that like Goldschmidt or Arenado coming over, like we'll see what happens if they regress. Um, what Goldschmidt was here in 2019, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so he hit 260. So what was Goldschmidt as a career hitter? He is a career 293. Um, so 2019, if you remove his rookie year where he only played in 48 games, so since he was like an everyday player, 2019 um, was the lowest batting average he's ever had in a single year of his career. So the guys you're bringing in from the outside are regressing and you haven't really had anyone else in his regime that's tearing it up. Like the 2019 Cardinals offense was not phenomenal. Um, but there are, there are currently, so if you only look at guys that have at least one at bat per game played, so five at bats or more, there are three guys on the team that are batting over 200. <laughs> um, and it's, Arenado batting 400, Goldschmidt batting 333, and Molina batting 313. All three guys that have been in the league for a little bit that probably aren't relying on Jeff Albert to help them be successful as major league hitters. Um, let's see. The I'm looking at Matt Carpenter. 2018, 257, 2019, 226. 2020-186 really falling off the face of the earth. So. Seems like some regression there. Um, let's uh, uh, Paul DeYoung. Did you? For some reason, I think 2018 was his... Yeah, 2018... 2019 was his all-star year, but he only batted 233 and he hit 30 home runs. And I think um, that that was... And the reason why I think it was his all-star year is I think like his first half numbers were actually really good. And I yeah. think he fell off in the second half of the season, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so 2019, 2020, 250 average, only three home runs. So regressing as a hitter, I mean, he had 25, 19, 30, uh, three, and then two so far this year. Smaller sample size than, you know, uh, Matt Carpenter. Right, and, I, but, and obviously, but, like, DeYoung, like three home runs last year, if you say, like, all right, multiply it out. Like still, it's even only around like ten home runs if he does yeah. if he keeps the same pace. With that being said, I I think that some hitters you get the benefit of the doubt because like Kristen Yelich had a terrible year last year, um, and some guys that like they just are gonna slump for a month or two and just really struggle to, to figure it out, and then they'll heat up and like Yelich right. might bat four hundred for a month. I don't right. know that DeYoung will ever do that, but I also don't ever think like I don't expect DeYoung to have MVP type numbers, whereas that's the standard that Christian Yelich held to. Um, but he, long story short, like he needs to bat better than 167. You know, like no, yeah, to yeah, go yeah. to go through a stretch where he has three hits, and granted, like it seems far, it seems way more productive because two of his three hits are home runs. But I don't think that that's going to continue. And I think the bigger issue was like he struck out eight times. O'Neill has nine strikeouts. Goldschmidt struck out seven times. Yep. Um, yeah, like all of those guys, it's like a third of their at bats are strikeouts, and yep. those aren't. That's not productive. Um, yeah. 
you're you're not like Carlson's the same way. Five out of fifteen. Molina five are sorry. Uh, Carlson six out of fifteen. Molina's mm-hmm. only three. I was looking at RBIs. Um, yeah, Edmonds the only one with a low average. With he only has one strikeout. Um, so it's telling me he's seeing the ball pretty well. He's putting good at bats together. He's just not getting them through. And that's kind of Edmund. I think he'll kind of he'll kind of get out of that one. It's nice to see him without that high strikeout count. But yeah, the strikeouts was already a concern for the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, the Austin Deans four, Tyler O'Neill's nine, um, Paul DeYoung's eight, Dylan Carlson six. Like, unless you're like for every one strikeout you get, you hit one homer. Like that's pretty unacceptable. Um, and it's just too many strikeouts. Sandy Alcantara made some people look pretty dumb today and he's you know he's got a good pit he's got some good pitch but i mean you can't just be striking out 11 times 10 times like you got to be at least hitting the ball like you know ground outs are far more productive than strikeouts right and and i agree like alcantara definitely is a emerging pitcher to be pretty good um but at the same time yesterday the marlins threw um what is it? Is it Trevor Rogers? Yeah, Trevor Rogers started. Um, I don't know who this Curtis guy is. The name looks familiar, but um, John Curtis, Holloway, Simber, and then I'm assuming this is Ross Detweiler, which is the only name out of their relievers that I notice. Um, yeah, it's those, yeah, St. Louis. Th- those guys combined for 14 strikeouts. So it it, it would be one thing if it's like, Oh, you faced Scherzer or Cole or, you know, Jose Barrios or, you know, this big time strikeout starting pitcher that that's just what he does when he goes out. Like if you face Garrett Cole and you strike out 10 times, cool. That's just kind of what he does. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're supposed to, you're supposed to do that. You hope it's only 10, yeah. you know, like, like, Oh, we only struck out 10 times against Cole. Not, Oh, we struck out 10 times tonight. That's terrible. It's like, we <laughs> right. only struck out 10 times. Great at bats boys. Um, way to put the ball in play, you know, like, oh, you got a piece of that one. It's awesome. Good job. Um, so like, it, that's just where, so for me, like it's, it's not, yep. It's, it's understandable that it happens to Al, against Alcantara, but in, in the, with the other guys, it isn't, um, with Hoffman, you know, Cardinals struck out nine times in that game. Um, and the second game against Cincinnati, um, it was eight strikeouts, um, opening day, uh, even with scoring 11 runs, Cardinals struck out seven times. So, I mean, it's, it's right around like on a fairly regular basis, it's an out and inning that it's just super unproductive. Like nothing happened. You aren't advancing runners with that. Um, like you just, you didn't do anything. Um, they are a strikeout is never a productive out. It's never a productive at bat. Um, so you got to minimize them and it's only gone up. It was like seven, eight, nine, 14, you know, however many it was. And I think 11 or 12 or something like that. I think Alcantara had 10 and I'm sure the Cardinals struck out in the later innings. So, um, what's the the sixth, where's Cardinals box score? Um, 12. So another 12 strikeouts tonight. So now it's been double digits in both games against, Miami and it's not like they're dominant pitchers like that's a situation where like if they go play a team like Washington that 
maybe isn't the the best thing. They they're probably better than what they did last year. Um, they won a World Series two years ago, so they're not a scrub team. But if you face a lineup like or the rotation where it's Scherzer, Strasburg, Corbin, you know whoever Lester or Lester whoever, and that that's what you're up against, or even in like a, a five game series that they utilize four pitchers and or like they just maybe go three or it's a seven game series with four pitchers and it's Scherzer, Strasburg, Corbin, Lester, and then you're just going to get Scherzer, Strasburg, Corbin again. You, you can't have it where you're striking out 15 or 16 times a game. Like it just, it doesn't equate to wins. Like that's why the Yankees haven't gone to a world series because they strike out way too much. It's unacceptable. Um, so we we didn't give ourselves time to get the fantasy again, which is fine. You know, we'll, we're still in the midst of week one. I think we're both yeah, currently winning our matchups. Crushing it, just crushing it right now. Um, looks like Giolito turned it around once I kind of stopped watching, but he only went five and a third again. So no quality start. But I'm assuming he's at least in line for the win at the moment. White Sox are up. Um, yeah, White Sox took the lead in the fifth. So he is in line for the win. I'm currently up by like 30. Um, so it'd be 35 if he if the White Sox hold on um, and nothing else crazy happens. Um, looks like you're up right around the same 30, 40 points. Um you're, you're on that verge, about to be the first one to break 200. It's a top point scorer right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did have one other question. This will be this will be what we ended on. Um, so we were talking about how you feel <laughs> you feel much more confident that the pitching would turn it around than the offense turning it around. Like if the Cardinals mm-hmm. were three and two, but they had had five gems, but the offense didn't show up for two games, so they lost. Like two to one, something like that. Um, so if if the entire season were to progress in that way, would it be easier to watch the Cardinals float around 500? Let's say they win somewhere between 85 and 90 games, like maybe not run away with the division. They have a chance of winning the division. They're not out of it. It's just a close race. So it's not that they're like playing shitty. They're just doing what the Cardinals do. But the inconsistency that's happening is the offense is why they keep losing games or would it be harder to watch the pitching staff struggle at the rate that it has all year? And that's why they're playing around a little above 500, which one would be uh, harder to watch. I think it'd definitely be harder to watch the pitching staff just not do well, especially cause like you're supposed to have like one of like, you know, the top 10 best pitchers in all of baseball um you've signed guys like miles michaelis to some pretty hefty contracts without like real like without real great numbers in the mlb guys like kk like not kk didn't really get signed like that big of a contract um but then again invested in him but you've invested in that um then then you got some young kids that are doing some spot starting here and there and they're supposed to be your future so like if they're not doing well like say you off Jack Flaherty and trade him like unless you get some major haul in return like we haven't really seen where Libertor is at yet like it's not like you have you're not like the next guy it's not like you're the you're not the Dodgers and you have 
Clayton Kershaw and here comes Walker Bueller stepping up, you know, um, it's not, that's not your case currently. Like you know, Matthew Libertor could be that good, but it's not currently, he's not currently in the starting rotation. He's not currently winning you games. So I think it would definitely be that. Cause I expect the offense to kind of be up and down. Do I think Nolan Arenado makes that better? Yes. Um, but it can only be as good as it is <laughs> like it, you're like, those guys aren't going to magically be better one day. Like it's just, if they can't show it, can't show it. So I just think it'd be harder Gold, for me. To definitely yeah, watch Goldschmidt and Arenado only get so many at bats a game. Yeah. 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 Can't, you can't have the bat every time. Yeah. 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 And I mean, it is working out well. I, the two, three, um, I do like, uh, I still think, I think you have to give Carlson that shot at two. I think he just, I, I think it's just better for him that he has protection mm-hmm. that Nolan Arenado, even like, even I, I'd prefer probably that Molina slides to five. Um, and then DeYoung slides behind Molina and then uh, uh, Carlson goes to two. I think that, I think that helps Carlson see some pitches. Um, but I, I mean, Bat in 133. He is hitting home runs, so like he's seeing the ball. Um, so maybe if he got there and he was seeing some better pitches, uh, I don't know. I haven't really seen his pitch selection, but I, I definitely, to your original question, I think the pitching would struggle with me worse because um, I think the pitching should keep us in games. I think our bullpen um, should be able to hold games for us. There's a lot of talented arms, um, and that staff has just proved time and time again that they put out good pitchers. So I think that would be a major disappointment if the pitching turned out to be kind of blah this year. Uh, no, sure. I, I agree. I, cause I, I feel like you could ask the same question about the Yankees just on the flip side. Um, yeah. And if the offense was just terrible all year, you know, or not even terrible, but if it was just like, not hitting homers, like it stayed right where now. it was now, like yeah. we're, you know, it's good start after good start that like Cole's getting no decisions because we're not scoring runs for him. Or yeah, he turns you know, into like the Grom, you yeah, know, ex- not exactly. Win. Like and because it's just like I know what those guys can do. Um, you know, I like, get at least like I I guess like the difference for me with the Cardinals is like, yep, you know what Wayno's capable of, but he is towards the end of his career. Flaherty, you know what's expected of him, but he's kind of yet to be that ace. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Michaelis and Kim, they like Kim looked phenomenal last year, but you you don't know how much of that was like on familiarity versus COVID numbers, you know, playing a part versus, you know, like just there, there's a lot of factors that like hopefully he can replicate it, but you don't really know. Michaelis, he was, he was above average. Um, don't know that he was worth the contract that he signed and he hasn't been anything but an injury risk since then. Martinez is iffy. And then, like you said, a plethora of guys that have been spot starters that have found success and then also haven't. Um, so there, there's some unknown. The expectation is that you should be able to piece together pretty a pretty strong five arms to start every five days um, or every five games. But the offense is the, the, the bigger unknown for sure. Um, whereas in New York, like, Judge should hit, Hicks should hit, Frazier can hit, Torres can hit, LeMahieu can hit, Voigt can hit, Urshela can hit. You know, it's really like Sanchez is like the big unknown um, that you're like, what are you going to do? And even then you're like, Higgy should be okay. So it's like one through yeah. nine on a fairly regular basis. Like 
you're putting together a, a lineup that should do damage. They've all proven that they can do damage, but just none of them are. Because um, even if you remove one piece, like, you still should have three or four guys that are capable of bashing and taking over a game. Whereas, like, with the Cardinals, like, if Goldschmidt or Arenado went down, like, that entire makeup looks way different. And not that, like, if Judge got hurt, that it doesn't affect it. Obviously, that lineup's way better with Judge in it than it isn't. But losing the, you know, Judge or Stanton from the middle of the Yankees lineup, it looks and feels much different than removing a piece like Arenado or Goldschmidt from the Cardinals lineup. Um, so it is a, a much bigger house of cards for the, the Cardinal offense, um, where the Yankee offense is far more proven. And I think the Yankees offense is more proven than what the pitching staff has been for the Cardinals. But I would agree. It would be very weird to see the Cardinals struggle at this level with their pitching for the entire year. Like I, I would not have, I, you could have been like, I'll give you a million dollars if you buy into this idea. I'd be like, that's just no, like, there's no way I'm going to get that money. Yeah, yeah, pretty hard to pretty hard to right. believe that the pitching staff is going to be this bad. But then I also have no, I have no faith that like if it is, or if either side is that bad, pitching or hitting, that we're that the Cardinals are going to tinker with their lineup, bring in guys, make boobs, do any of that. Like we're just like we're going to be in this like we're not rebuilding until like let's get all this money off the books after this year and then like let's see what the cardinals have up their sleeve um so we'll see we'll see you know halfway into the year if we start getting to talk about that like the cardinals need to bring in this um and then they won't um but we'll get to say they need to and then just watch them not to do that um so but they got uh, nolan arenado yeah, hey, they got Nolan Arenado, you know. So and, and, I, maybe, and I guess maybe for only this year, we'll see. True, and I think it's worth specifying just so that way, like we, it's clear to the you know the one point eight listeners we have. Yeah. Um, when we say like the pitching staff to be this bad, really what we're talking about is the very underwhelming performance that has existed so far from Jack Flaherty, Adam Wainwright, and Carlos Martinez. Ponce de Leon was phenomenal in his start. He just only went five innings. Gantt was great in his start. He just only went four innings. Um, the bullpen, for the most part, has been pretty good with the exception of one outing from Helsley. Um, and Woodford got into a little trouble following Wainwright. Um, but other than that, it's been like Flaherty didn't look great. He was not up to snuff. Um, the only reason why they won that game and no one really talked about it is because the offense exploded for 11 runs in the first four innings. So when Flaherty looked like shit, it was blowing. It was letting up two or three runs when they were up by eight and no one really cared. Um, Wayno had the one bad inning, so I think that that could easily be corrected. Um, and Martinez, it's just managing to be productive a second time through a lineup. If he can do that and can you know, maybe let up a run or two in five or six innings, he'll find far more success. And then with Ponce de Leon and Gant, I think it's just maybe being a little more aggressive and getting deeper into the games. If you're only going to get, you know, nine innings out of the two of them combined, um, and you're pitching an entire game with your bullpen every time through the rotation, it's going to be very taxing come the end of the year, um, especially, you know, with expanding the, the season by 100 games from last year. So, but it's really just three, three starts that didn't go as anticipated. Um, and it's only been one from each of them next Monday. When we record Flaherty and Wayno could spin gems and we feel much differently about where things are at. And the Cardinals are, you know, six and four, seven and three, and 
things are you know projecting exactly how we anticipated when before the season started um it just got off to a different look than what we anticipated so that's what we mean when we say terrible pitching (laughs) it's really really like four or five innings combined that just went really bad so because i mean they've only let up the pitchers has only let up three runs in the two games so far against miami no one's complaining about that yeah it's the the 18 runs against the reds in three games that 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 was the the big and the reds definitely the reds definitely ran into the cardinals or i guess i guess it's even more than that i guess it was 24 runs right six six and 12 or six nine and 12 so is that 27 runs yeah so it's a bit it's a bit yeah, they we definitely got caught off guard by the Reds and their onslaught of scoring, and then obviously they had the big momentum push with the big fight. Obviously, like them, all the momentum was already their way. Like it kind of lost that series, kind of there. Um, we'll see how hot the Reds stay, and that's just how you start the year. You can't start it off any other way. So he's got to take that one on the chin, come back. It's good to see kind of the fight against Miami still. Um, winning those games, at least you didn't kind of come back, lose two series. Because in baseball, like you know, my one of my favorite uh, Larusa's things was we just got to win series. If you're constantly winning two out of yep. three, like you're going to be in a good spot all year. Mm-hmm. Um, so as long as we win the series, that's all that's you know that's a big deal for me. So win this Miami series, kind of look on to Washington, um, go from there. Yeah, one hundred percent agree. Um, I know. My brother buys into happy flights a lot of times. Yep. So like, even if you're gonna if you're gonna if you're gonna lose two out of three, if you can win that last one, avoid being swept. It can be a momentum changer. Um, yep. And I think it was. I think I've mentioned it before on the show. Like my favorite way of looking at it, but I think it was Jim Leland that said it. Um, but it was everyone's gonna win 54 games and lose 54 games. It's what you do with the other 54 games that matter. Um, mm-hmm. So essentially, it's that that rubber match in a three game series. Um, so if you, if you split the first two, it's, what do you do with that? So are you winning a series more often than not? Um, we'll definitely set you up to be successful. If you just look at it like, Hey, we just need to take two out of three. If you're, uh, if you're winning two out of three all year, you know, it's 108 wins. It's, it's yep, pretty good. It's pretty good win it. total. Yeah. Pretty good win total. Um, but yeah, so we'll, we'll tune in, see where, where our boys are at, you know, another, uh, another week from now. So, uh, buckle in, hope we keep going in the right direction. Um, we'll try to, we'll try to be better about where we're at. Fantasy's kind of in a weird spot because the first week was expanded. So we're technically still in the first week. Um, but it'll be nice that like now when we're, when we're recording, it'll be like the, more often than not, I think there's one other expanded week later on um, around the All-Star game. Um, but we'll we'll be able to say, like, this is what happened last week, and this is what we have going forward. Um, so it'll, it'll feel a lot better when we record on Mondays, and it actually coincides with the ending of a week. Um, so we'll, we'll go from there. Uh, my team just keeps racking up points. I don't know what's going on. Like, my point total has just constantly been ticking up. Oh, it looks like Melanson just closed out a game and Loreno stole a base. Okay. I was like, why is my, my point to like, I'm up by like almost 40 now. 
um and, <laughs> G- and giolito still is in line for the win yeah um so i, I was yeah, like that's... racking up points like i just kept watching my number change i was like i don't know what's going on in this game right now uh but yeah, yeah so anyway white Sox still up six to three yeah so cool um so this will wrap it up for the week um hit us up on twitter hit us up on the gmail um if you know one of us personally text us even um let us know what you want to hear more about let us know your thoughts cardinals yankees you want us to talk about another team we can um we won't like it but we'll do it um but yeah interact it's been 46 episodes we're not going anywhere just love us that is true yeah we're kind of here so um yeah so as always thanks for tuning in and until next time stay cool spicy